0: Welcome, welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, the show for profitable insights and tips with business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who use their nonfiction book to create the ultimate competitive advantage and grow their business. Here's your host, Amazon best selling author and book publishing coach, Mike Capuzzi.
1: Welcome to another profitable episode of the Author Factor Podcast. I'm Mike Capuzzi, and I want to thank you for listening. My guest today is Daniel C., who is a trainer, coach, and keynote speaker. He is the founder of Spacemakers, a productivity consulting group for busy leaders. Daniel is also the author of the book, Spacemaker How to Unplug, Unwind, and Think Clearly in the Digital Age. Love that title which won the Australian Business Book Award in 2021 for personal development. I also have to let everyone know Daniel is our first guest from the Australian state of Tasmania. We are uh, speaking today. It's a 15-hour time difference. And uh, Daniel, welcome to the Author Factor podcast.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. It's great to be here. It's not hard to be the only person. There's only like five people who live in my state, so easy.
1: Well, as I was telling, we were talking, and I have uh, I saw a documentary on Tasmania recently. I thought, oh, what a beautiful, beautiful, you know, countryside. And then you and I were just joking because we were talking about the internet connection. You literally, what did you just literally tell me about your internet connection a couple of weeks ago? What happened?
0: Yeah, well, look, someone actually cut the internet cable underwater between mainland Australia, so Victoria and where I live. Uh, and we, we lost all phone and internet communication for like nearly 24 hours. So, you know, it really made us feel backwater, even though we're not, we're really not backwater. But uh, <laughs> it's always a challenge when you actually can't tell people that you don't have the internet.
1: Right, right. And uh, hopefully we'll be good today. So listen, I want to jump right into here um, and, and really learn more about you, your, your business, your book, so tell us all, you know, tell us about your business and you know who you serve and how you serve them.
0: Yeah. So look, I, I'm called Space Makers. Uh, I'm really passionate about helping busy people make space in their life to think deeply, uh, to rest fully, to reconnect with loved ones, uh, and really to do to make space so they can just work well and focus on what matters most. So, uh, so really, everything we do is about our why: helping busy people make space. Because I think it's really hard to find space nowadays. But practically, I run productivity training uh, online and in person. Uh, we have these crazy named courses like Email Ninja, how to get your inbox to zero each day, uh, List Assassin, so how to get things done with an online list, um, Priority Samurai, Meeting Dojo, you know, so we've kind of gone the ninja themes. Uh, I'm a strengths coach, so I help people make space by reflecting on their, uh, their strengths, the Clifton strength journey. Uh, and working with teams, and uh, and obviously now that I've got a book called Space Maker, I, I I spend a lot of time with helping teams develop digital wellness and make space by actually unplugging from technology as a rhythm, not to reject the beauty and wonder of the online world, but to actually uh, rebalance the scorecard post-COVID so they can actually become more human and healthier and, and actually more productive.
1: Yeah, I guess the reality of that, Daniel, is you'll probably never want for customers and clients the way everything is just going right I mean it just sounds like everybody is looking for more and more and I love that metaphor of space I was watching a video on your website and I just thought you you visually represented that I just thought that was a very a a very interesting way of describing it so I appreciate that and are your clients around the world Daniel or just in Tasmania yeah, look,
0: they started in Tasmania, then they went to Melbourne. But look, probably half of my clients are now global. Uh, and that's the beauty of being able to train on Zoom. And so, you know, one of the things actually we struggled with as an organization, I, I joked about having five people, but we only have like half a million people in our state all up. Uh, and so that's quite a small, you know, relatively small uh, place. Uh, and we're quite niche in terms of productivity, so we always—I always, always struggle to really build my business just here. But but since COVID, it's been amazing because I've always been comfortable with Zoom, but my clients haven't. But now that clients are used to actually engaging more more naturally through online media, I can maintain a niche focus and actually broaden my client base, and it's been brilliant. You know, and and everyone has a problem with too much tech, too much uh, busyness, not enough space and, and they need practical tips to get there
1: yeah you're gonna to have to have like uh the zoom zoro course or something soon right you're gonna to have to have something <laughs> i just gave you an zoom idea Zorro. didn't I?
0: we did we have we were wrestling with uh what do we call our uh we're calling it making space it's not as interesting but a digital wellness course but we are wrestling with wellness warrior but we're like that's just ridiculous so yeah. we're gonna end up there and move to a different branding model when it comes to this
1: all right so tell me about your book you know, why you wrote it and who should read it? Yeah, so it is for
0: uh, working parents, um, busy people, professionals, pretty much anyone who feels like they're always online. I I read a quote years ago that said, unless we intentionally disconnect from our devices, we may never ever be offline. And that really showed me that there's a new paradigm that we need to consider, uh, that many of us are almost always online and that's our kind of default mode of being. And yet uh, a lot of us are starting to feel uncomfortable and experiencing what I call digital overload. So we we clearly need technology to become more productive. And a lot of what I do is to help people use tech better so that they shift the way they live and work. Uh, But on on the other side, you imagine almost an upside down curve. Uh, You need need mapping productivity to, let's say, um, digital technology. You need tech to be productive, but there comes a point where you use too much tech and you know, you wake up first thing in the morning and last thing at the night, you're reaching for your phone, you're on it, on, using it on the loo. You're, I don't, you're just distracted constantly. And, and even when you rest you're online uh, as well as when you're at work and, and people are feeling this sense of overload. And so to actually be productive and healthy, you need to unplug to go back to that kind of productive middle And essentially, that's my passion to help people make those decisions.
1: When did you publish the book? What year? I published it last year. So June came out. So less than a year ago. Yeah, less than a year ago. Yeah. Congratulations. And um, Thank you. It's been a
0: journey, a really wonderful one.
1: Yeah, and it's it's as you and I were talking, and I, I you were kind enough. I, I I looked through a digital copy. There's some interesting things that you, I think you did. what I want to talk about, but this is a real book. This is uh, several hundred pages. <laughs> You, you were joking. Oh, 300, 300 pages. Three, 300. <laughs> that's several hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll scare people off. They'll think they can no. only use it to like it. <laughs> and listen, there's always a time and place for what I call a traditional book, for sure. But you were joking to me. How, you were joking. How long did it take you to write it?
0: <sighs> it took seven years from the time <laughs> I began to the time it got actually out, uh, which is a long time, which is fascinating. I rewrote the book many times, actually. And then post-COVID, it's like, wow, this is exactly the book people need. Uh, and I had all the research under my belt for that. But uh, yeah, it, it was a long, painful process that started out as a 20-page e-book, actually. <laughs> uh, that was that was the idea, more like what you're recommending. Uh, and I realized that the idea of unplugging was so much more complicated because it's not just about how to turn off your phone. It's about the loves and the longings. The beliefs and paradigms that we have that draw us to being addicted to tech. And unless we address our beliefs around tech, we can't actually then do the simple stuff. So it ended up becoming a marathon book.
1: Well, regardless, you, you did it. It's helping people. Congratulations. I mean, it's always something to applaud. And yes, I'm sure you're going to have more books in the future. And you you learn, you know, you, it's like anything in life, you, you live and learn. But um, I'd like to talk Daniel, a bit about how you're using the book in your business. Uh, I realize hmm. it's, it's you know, less than a year old. So you may not have a ton of things. But can you share an example of how since you've published the book, it's made a difference either for you personally for your business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a it really has been a game changer. I mean, when I say it's uh, a, a long or challenging book, it's uh, the book itself, I'm I'm delighted with the outcome. It just, the process of writing it was incredibly long and painful for me. Uh, But look, since I won the award, I must admit that made a huge difference. I mean, so it did win the Australian business book award uh, for personal development, but also runner up for best tech book. And so that, that award with the book has really opened up huge avenues for me. So uh, podcasts, you know, it's, it's just really broadened my ability. I think being an author gives you expertise, but when you're nationally recognized, it, it, adds a layer that allows that to happen. So my goal was to speak on 100 podcasts this year, and I'm well and, true, like well and truly ahead of the game on that. Um, the uh, In terms of uh, its open-up opportunities, I had a lady contact me from Canada and say she loves the book and is wanting to train in this space. Uh, we interviewed her. I've spent time with her, and now we're opening up a new business arm in Canada because we've got too many North American clients, and so... For the time zone uh, realities i can train but i don't want to get up at five in the morning to do it so um yeah it's opening up a new arm of our business and that came directly from the book i mean her her mother-in-law read the book uh no her mother-in-law saw the review and said I, i'm giving this book to you not that i'm saying you need it but i think it would be mm. useful uh, she loved it she connected at a personal level we connected through linkedin uh, she promised she wasn't stalking me, and I said it didn't come across like that. <laughs> and, uh, and and now she's working for me. So you know that's I would have never have had a North American Space Maker's arm had it not been for my book, uh, and a whole lot of other opportunities have just come out as a result.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 more is going to happen. And I think the podcast guesting strategy is very smart for you. Uh, it's something that I'm recommitted to myself personally. I mean, when you have a specific you know, expertise, especially what you, you know, the stuff you talk about. And I remember as I was going through your book, I, I one of the pages I was going through, I saw the your phrase, digital detox. And I just, I love that. I just, you know, I've got two college-age daughters, and I wish they were doing digital detox. And no matter how often I try to suggest they do a digital detox, it's, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> but um, I think the more... The more you share about the message, the more you do with the marketing of it, your book's going to impact a lot of people. So again, congratulations. Mm-hmm. No, thank
0: you. Actually, one area which I hadn't mentioned, and that was, it's just completely new to me, is speaking to parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the sense I have is that I want to create an ecosystem around the book for leaders. Um, I speak into Christian spaces as well around digital discipleship, and and speak with parents about. Uh, tech habits in teens and tweens. so I I now speak at a lot of schools uh, I don't work with young people but I work with parents and I teach them uh, what are the realities of raising um, young people and how might you consider those things so uh, I'm not sure how to monetize it all yet but partly I just want to serve the community and it's just it's been beautiful to work with parents and, and hear their stories and just contribute to, to their parenting, which is great.
1: Yeah, as I was going through your book, I, I, I immediately went there. And then again, I saw on your website that you're speaking at different schools on the topic of this. And, if, you know, it's a reality. And it's, you know, one of the ways it may work for you is, you know, if you come up with maybe a different version or something just for the parents, but you're, you're referencing your business and how you serve the business, you know, community, a lot of parents are either business owners, executives, or they know someone. So there's still has it will still have arms for you to, to, to drive you know client business.
0: You've helped me pick my next shook. You there know, you digital parent digital parenting, which again the book isn't directly for parents, but I didn't want to say uh, it, but you, you said you, it, right?
1: Yeah. There you are. <laughs> no, no, I no, thinking, look, and, and how does they, uh, yeah. just I, I oh, because again, I'm very I'm kind of giddy. When I found when I saw that you booked the call. I said it. we have a family, you know, speaking of digital stuff, right? A family group, text group you know, for our family. Yeah. My, my two daughters are at school and my wife. So what a group chat. And um, I said, boy, I got a, a guy from Tasmania who's going to be on my podcast. I just thought that was really cool. They didn't think it was yeah. that cool.
0: but. <laughs> uh, never mind. Once they've been to Tassie, they'll think it's cool. So.
1: But how does a Tasmanian say shook?
0: Shook? I don't know. Uh, That's no, probably
1: the way how you pronounced it, yeah. it, I
0: thought that was good. Shook, was good. I don't know. Maybe I pronounced it badly. <laughs> A short helpful
1: book. Very good. All right, well, listen, well, I, I digress. I want to get back to you. So let's, if you would, Daniel, share one tip. This podcast, I really want to start making sure we're giving actionable tips. I mean, you, you're, you're, you've already done it, but uh, and you're still doing it but I'd love to hear one smart tip on how you use your, your book to attract new clients. Is there one specific thing that you're doing? You did mention podcast guesting. We could talk more about that, but is there anything else that you're doing to really use the book to drive business?
0: Yeah, so, so, I mean, firstly, I'm, I'm working it out. Uh, I, I've discovered that, um, I don't know if others would say it this way, but I reckon there's three marathons to writing a book, mm-hmm. like the way I did it at least. You know, the first is to write the book. Second is to find a publisher and edit and, you know, publish the book. And and the third one is marketing. And I was really unprepared for that third stage. And I'm doing all my marketing. But I have learned a lot. And it's been a really great process. Uh, Look, I've got a website. And the website um, advertises the book, you know, fairly strongly. So the book increases my brand. And you can download free uh, videos and resources to help you plan a digital Sabbath, for example. So it's helping build my email list. And then my email list is automated so that, you know, others can read my blog posts and receive uh, helpful stuff. I I say I'm too lazy to spam you, but they get something about once a month or once every two months. uh, And maybe I could increase that over time. Uh, So, yeah, email marketing has come out of the book. Uh, Obviously, you mentioned podcasts. Uh, Actually, someone mentioned to me, um, don't be tight with your book and just give it away. And I think that's been a great lesson for me. And so I, I just give it away all the time. Like I carry it on me and I don't know if there are tangible outcomes that have come from that, but it just feels nice to give people a gift. And I, I wrote the book. I didn't write the book to make money. I wrote the book because I there's a message in me that I think will change the world. And and I wanted to help people make space from tech and to think and live and be better. So it's kind of nice to have gifts to give people. I'm terrible at giving gifts generally.
1: Yeah. I'm going to show you on a screen here. This is our little gift package we give out to our oh. clients. And it's, uh, oh, wow. you know, our, our sh- I'm showing it on camera so no one who's listening can see this. But it has, you know, I, I love gifting too. And, uh, you know, that's one very smart strategy. As a matter of fact, I was looking around here while you were talking, Daniel. I wrote a Shook called, and I'm going to give you a digital link so you can read it like today if you want to called The Magic of Free Books, and it's all about you know, not worrying about the $2 you're going to make when you sell a book, but giving away your book as much as you can uh, so that you know, it's, it can you know, work its magic in the world, and um, the free book hmm. strategy is a very powerful strategy, and I list 51 different ways, so you'll learn, you'll learn some more ways. Podcast guesting is one of those 51 ways. But um, I'll make oh, sure. Oh no, I share I've got that.
0: three. I've, I only have three ways. Well, I'm then about to go, listen, so then, then that book's cool. going to be
1: an eye opener for you. So um, there's probably more that you're doing that you don't realize. But I do want to talk about you know over that seven year journey. Uh, I'd love to hear sort of a word of warning for others. Something either a mistake you made or a speed bump you encountered that you 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 know you wouldn't want to make again, but you'd also want to warn potential other author about? Something that just happened that, you know, you wouldn't want to have happen again.
0: Yes. I mean, so look, I'm a productivity consultant and I, I do strategic planning with teams. You know, I, I suggest that people start with the, end in, the end, end in mind and design your life backwards, et cetera. I did none of that with my book. I, I just got excited one day after an ABC radio interview about why I'd turn off my phone for a day a week. And I thought I'll do a 20 page ebook. And then I realized that actually 20 pages won't cut it. I got to 40. And then I scrapped the entire book because I realized actually the problem isn't that we don't know how to turn our tech off. The problem is that we have a deep relationship with our screens and we don't understand that. And so it kind of morphed. Uh, and it eventually became something that I did off the side of my desk for a long, long time. You know, I booked public holidays and annual leave, and and I just did it at nights when I could. So it was very painful, and I would say if you're going to write a book, like block out the time, change your work schedule and say this is this is work, and I'm going to do this for this amount of time. I think writing a book on the side of your desk didn't work for me from a personal perspective, I wouldn't change a thing. I've learned so much. Uh, And in fact, one of the chapters in the book talks about how I ended up having a massive fight with my wife. And I ended up kicking a hole in the door downstairs. Like it wasn't a kind of complete temper tantrum, but I just kicked the door and it left a hole. And I'm like, I I am clearly not in a healthy space as a person. And I put my book down for more than a year and stopped writing it Mm. because I realized that the process of writing a book the way I was, was going against the principles of the book, which is to make space to live and think and love those around me. Uh, so the, the process of writing changed me and I'm grateful for that, but I wouldn't recommend people do it as a strategy.
1: There's a lot of resources out there. I'm just one, but there are there are different ways. You know, you kind of just probably look at a blank screen and just start writing. Again, it is very valid. We've t- I've talked to a lot of folks in past episodes, sort of the same thing. It just sort of morphed into something bigger than they thought, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I would probably think that if you were going to, you know, write a book or a shook or whatever it is in the future, you you know, it'll be shorter, quicker, you know, and you, you learn. You got it done. And I always say if you don't get something like this done, it, it won't help anybody. And, you know, obviously you already know your, your book is helping folks.
0: I think getting a book coach would have been helpful. Like, again, looking at the stuff that you do would have been really helpful and I would do that next time. Uh, I think the seven years allowed me to – really really deeply know my content and rewrite it and research in in a way that is very deep but i don't know if that's how i'd do my next book
1: well the other thing it it really did for you is things only got worse so if you wrote this book you know in 2014 (laughs) you know to be true right i mean think of all the technology that, that didn't exist in 2014 which i don't even know about but you know instagram or you know whatever tiktok and all this stuff but uh
0: well, anyway, you're absolutely, when I started writing the book, I, I knew there was a problem. But most people I worked with didn't mm. really know there was a problem. When I published the book, I didn't have to convince anyone yeah. there was a problem with digital yeah. overuse. Yeah. Everyone is actually looking yeah. for solutions. So in that sense, yes, there couldn't have been better timing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I said early in this interview. Like, I don't think you're ever going to look for clients because this is a this is a new type of problem that's not going anywhere. So, Daniel, uh, as we get ready to wrap up here, a couple more questions for you. I'd love to hear uh, a smart tip for someone who wants to write a book like you've done, nonfiction, either a passion project like yours, something that is going to drive business to them but hasn't started yet. You've alluded to a couple of things, but what what tip would you give that person?
0: Uh, I would say write something that makes a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. So... um, you know, there's a lot I would have done differently. I would have had a different marketing strategy. I would have written in a different way. But ultimately, I didn't write to build my business. I didn't write to, to I don't know, for all these other reasons. I actually wrote because there was a book in me and I knew it would, it would impact people's lives. I knew that the stuff I had seen or felt, yeah, w- would help people make space in a world which is full of clutter. And... <laughs> I think that's still a good motivation because even if the book doesn't sell, even if the business doesn't grow, you've you've still contributed something meaningful. Like the the value in is in the book itself, even if it doesn't give you the outcomes you you'd necessarily need. And I'm just really grateful that the outcomes of my book happen to be pretty good, um, but but it's not what I expected.
1: I will share with you because I'm going to be releasing it this week. Um, one of the last episodes of the Main Street Author Podcast, which this new podcast is sort of the new re is it's not sort of it's the new rebrand but the gentleman I interviewed who also did a lot of christian-based work he has a whole audience segment which he didn't think about originally prisons in prison prisoners taking his book and finding a redemptive quality about what he teaches his book's all about change and it was, mm-hmm. it's a market that he never thought about right had he not written that he would have never impact this audience that, you know, truly, you know, is looking for that kind of information. So mm. again, I think, I just think if I were to talk to you in a, in a couple of years, and, and hopefully we can do that, I think just amazing things will happen for you. So Daniel, this the focus of this new brand of this podcast, The Author Factor. It really is really meant to represent what it means to be a nonfiction business author and, and and really how it can impact so many different readers, your readers, your business, you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what The Author Factor means to you.
0: Look, I'd like to say that I reckon it's a great move to call it The Author Factor. I, I just think it's really clear. I, I love the name and well, you know, I you. just love, I love the idea that a book, uh, a small book can actually transform people's lives and their business. So, you know, you're on a winner, firstly. Uh, what does it mean for me, the author factor? Look, it it's just happened by chance. Again, it's given me the ability to be an expert in my field. I think you become an expert by writing a book, actually, and it's uh, open up avenues like like you mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm now speaking to parents in schools. I'm speaking to churches about how to, um, the digital liturgy of our lives is changing faith. And I'm talking to different people in countries where I hadn't been able to access simply because of my book. So if that's what the author factor means, uh, well, it's great. And, um, and, and, you know, the best thing is I get to meet people like you and have these amazing conversations and meet new friends, which is... <laughs>
1: What a great job. And that came out of the book. Absolutely. And I hope our listeners be, do become new friends. As a matter of fact, in that, in that vein, please share uh, where our listeners can get your book, where can they learn more about you and all the stuff that you do.
0: Yeah, so the book's called Space Maker, how to unplug, unwind, and think clearly in the digital age uh, so you can find it you know, anywhere, like Amazon. Um, there's an audio book. You get to hear me talk and rabbit on for a lot more, uh, although I always struggle with the sound of my own voice when I listen to my own book. Uh, and there's, of course, an e-book. So you can go digital to work at how to read and not you know, to go non-digital. Uh, I have a website, spacemakersplural.com.au. You can download free stuff around how to you know, birth a digital Sabbath or plan that. Uh, I've got a blog about this stuff as well. So I'd love you to check that out or book one of us for training so that we can help you with your inbox management uh, or some other practical skills to make space in the digital age.
1: And again, just to remind everybody, you work with a global audience. So all because you're not in Australia or Tasmania, doesn't mean Daniel can't help you. So Daniel, this has been awesome. I I do appreciate appreciate the 15-hour time difference where we're speaking right now. So you're already telling me what tomorrow's weather is going to be like. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you for that forecast. <laughs> um, but listen, this has been great. And, um, you know, have a good rest of your day.
0: No, thanks so much. I really appreciate meeting you.
1: And to my listeners, thank you. And if you found this podcast helpful, please help me grow it by sharing with your network and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, this is Mike Capuzzi. Thank you for listening to The Author Factor Podcast. To
0: learn more about Mike's unique short book publishing opportunities, please visit bitesizedbooks.com.